Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, let's jump into it. Let's jump in. How you doing? Y'all doing okay? Y'all jump. Y'all good? It has been a couple weeks since I've been here. And uh, listen, I have been uh, traveling and... um, some, so, so around September, uh, I really kind of, I, I go learn, I go, I have some overseers, I, I, I go learn, I, they, they educate, they teach, they kind of check out my heart, make sure I'm doing good, and then I've got some people that I am overseeing their church, and so I, I, I'm kind of like, you know, when you're flying, I put on the oxygen first. And then, and, and then I go and, and I begin to check on them. And so that's what I've been doing. And I just want you to just give a report that, um, you know, people have been ministered to, altars have been full, people have been saved. And uh, it's exciting to share and to take a little bit of what we have here and take it there. So come on, y'all give the Lord a hand for that. Also, also, uh, I do want to say, so we were in a building campaign, and if you have just started coming to our church, uh, um, just, just giving you a little history, over the last year, we were in a building campaign, and we called it the exceedingly and ab- ab- abundant campaign. We really believe we had been in two different places. We start over there, started over there off of Hudson, off of Industrial Drive, about a 6,000 square foot uh, meeting space. Then we moved to Chestnut, which was a little under 12,000. And then now we're here and this is about almost 18. And so, um, we really believed in our last year there that we were like, okay, God, we know you want to do something. We know you want to do something. We want to get out of paying rent. Uh, uh, I think we were paying rent around like $11,000 a month to be there. And we were like, load, uh, it would be nice to have a place. And so uh, we started praying about what our next step was, and um, COVID hit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, we had uh, someone watch uh, online, kind of knowing what our church was and was about. And he said, hey, I, uh, I believe that God wants to move this forward I believe it's time for you guys to have a building, and I want to plant the first seed. And he wrote us a check for $500,000. And so out out of that, I was like, okay, that's a good start. Uh, And so uh, we started talking about it. We began to talk about what it could be and, and what we could do. And we committed to a year to talk about the exceedingly and abundantly. And we began to talk about what God could do through the group that we have, and uh, you know, we were able to put almost twelve a million two hundred thousand dollars down on this property to do some of the build out and to do some of the loan and and come on that that's good. Let, let's come on that that's good. 
And so, uh, you know, right now we have 18, uh, almost 18,000 square feet. We have 6,000 that is upstairs that has not been built out yet. That'll be a little bit more classroom space, office. We have a kitchen area that hasn't been built out yet. So there are still things that we are doing, but um, for uh, almost the same price, $900 more, uh, we have this place that we are owning versus renting. So come on, is, is that awesome? Uh, God is good. And so I just want to say thank you. I, I, I want to say thank you to all of you who gave. I want to say thank you to all of you who made a commitment. I want to say thank you to all of you who were obedient, who, who, who begin to, you know, sacrifice. Uh, we ask people to give all the way through September. And if you haven't finished uh, what you pledged, what you did, I mean, you can do that. And, and obviously, I just told you, three, there are three things that we're wanting to accomplish. We want to get the kitchen done. That's going to be right around $65,000 to get that finished because uh, we want to be able to feed. We want to be ready. You know, if, God forbid, we, I mean, we're probably not going to get a hurricane, uh, but, um, but uh, I, I want to be ready for uh, if ever there is a tornado. And so I would like to be able to be ready for that. And so I really want to have this space ready. Uh, even you, many of you don't know because you haven't walked through the kids area, but the kids area have showers. We've kind of set this thing up where, you know, we, we could help our city if and when that time comes. And so um, uh, th that's the heart. So we have that project. We have upstairs that we want to finish. Um, that's probably going to be around 300 300,000, and then we have a playground that we want to put in uh, for our kids because uh, hopefully uh, we're going to be able to start some sort of Mother's Day out, something like that. So we've got a lot of vision. So if, if you want to keep giving to the building fund, all of that will just go in, and when we get enough money, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle the project or do something like that. And if for some reason, uh, man, your situation changed, your job changed, uh, man, you just kind of hit a hard season. I, I, today, we're just releasing everybody from what you did. So uh, we're moving forward, and we, that doesn't mean that we're not going to raise some more money for new things. Uh, our heart for the house is uh, the first week in December, and already I want you to be praying about uh, an over and above your offering, but, but we're just kind of, if you need to be released from what you did, uh, we just release you, and, and let's go on, and let's chest bump, let's high five, and let's see God move. Come on. And so... Um, uh, but anyway, I just kind of wanted to give us a report. I didn't want to just blow by everything that God has done uh, because we, we still, I still come in and sit down and I'm like, man, God, you are so good. You are so good. And um, so I'm excited about that. Come on, one more time. Let's give the Lord a... Uh, well, I'm not going to be long today. I'm going to be strong and not long. So you, you can be excited. You, you have a lot of reasons to be excited. Like if you just started coming to church in the last couple of months, you weren't in the building campaign. You missed it. So you're like, yes. Um, uh, but also with all that we have going on today, I didn't want to wear you out um, because I, we care about everything that we're doing. And so for all of those parents, we, we do. We want you to be known, loved, and challenged. We, we want to see you be challenged to good works. And um, we believe that because of Jesus, you get to be the priest of your home. And we want you to run that dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh, run it into the kingdom. You know, and, and so we're excited about that. But uh, last week, uh, Devin started a new series called See People. Come on. Didn't Devin do a good job? Y'all... Listen, listen. 
And, and, and so I, I want to just kind of jump in and take off from, from what he set up. And I think it's important for us as a church. You know, today, I want to give you some culture. I want to give you some kingdom culture. I want to give you some house culture. I want you to begin to kind of know what we expect this to feel like. As people are coming and checking out our church and, 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 and they're here, I, I want people to begin to know, okay, like, who is the house and why do you have this on the wall? And, and see people as part of our culture. So let me, let me break down uh, why we exist and what culture is just real quick. So why we exist is this is the goals that we want to accomplish. We want people to know the Father, accept forgiveness. It's on the wall. Uh, why, why accept forgiveness seems like very bold and brash in a world that wants to talk about, they don't want to talk about sin, they want to talk about mistakes. We understand that total freedom can't come to your life unless you acknowledge the fact that, yo, I need God. And, and here's the thing, if you bypass forgiveness, then you will never give forgiveness. If you're able to maneuver your Christian life where you've never repented, then when someone wrongs you, and they will, you will really hold that against them. And, and Jesus taught about this in many different um, parables, in many different moments. He talked about the one who owed more debt and less debt. And he asked his disciples, which one is more grateful? Oh, the one who's been forgiven much. And so we really believe that that's a key to growing a church where we are life-giving. You're going to hear this culture a lot, life-giving. Life-giving means that we believe the life of the Holy Spirit, come on, is moving within us and it causes us to respond different than our flesh. We want to leave you full, not empty. Does that make sense? We want to put something in you we don't always want to extract from you. If, if, I had, uh, if I had one of you men walk on the stage today and, and you leaned on me, well, I could only do that for a while. Does that make sense? And so, yes, we are building a church where you can temporarily lean on people, but not continually. Come on, because that, that, I'm just going to be honest. When we are always leaning and putting our heaviness and weight on somebody else, it actually destroys relationship. There's a part that passes authenticity and then it moves to a burden. And come on, our marriages can't thrive when it's a burden. Friendships can't thrive when it's a burden. And so we believe that, listen, we want you to know the Father, know him, not, not do a drive-by, not God, listen to one song, but we want you to know him. And it, it indicates that there is an ongoing relationship that we're developing. Accept forgiveness, live free, live free. We have a freedom class. We, we want you to live free. And we know that all of us have experienced some sort of trauma, background, brokenness, hurt, hurdles, hang-ups. And, and many times we respond out of the hurt and the habits that have been done to us. And we believe that God wants to heal that. And then ultimately, when that happens and you begin to identify, come on, some of your areas and you begin to submit those to the Lord, we believe that 
purpose just begins to come out of your life. You begin to, 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 to be healthy enough for God to put a burden in your heart. And, and I will say this about burdens. Most burdens come from where you've been wounded. Most burdens are like, I want to help Single dads, I want to help men, I want to help whatever. And it's because there is some sort of journey in you where there was a deficit, God filled the void, and you're like, hey, I want to tell that story. Come on. And so that, that's why we exist. Those are our goals. But our culture is how we do them, in what attitude we do those goals. And we seek the Lord. We see people. And so we already had a time, even this year, where we had like a seek week, and we begin to pray, and all, many of us came in August. And so now I want to give you another cultural thought. Our church is going to see people because we believe that every person matters. Every person, come on, I don't care what demographic you're from, I don't care where you used to live, I don't care in what season of life you find yourself in, single, married, kid, empty nest, we believe that your, come on, life matters. Come on, look at your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, you matter. You matter, you matter, you matter. You matter to this world. You matter to this church. You matter to your friends. You matter to families. Come on. As believers, we cannot let our feelings begin to overshadow the real value that we were born with. Because a lot of times we have negative self-talk and we will begin to frame up this worldview off of a a failure. And then that leads to shame. And, and I just need you to know that that's why we dedicated these children to the Lord because we believe that God created life, that there was this intelligent design and that you were created. And here's the deal. You were crafted and you are in the image of God. You've been made in the image of God. Here's a verse that I want to give you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And so God created. Everybody say created. created. Man in his own image. And in the image of God, he, come on, say it with me created him male and female he come on say it again create i would think that god wants to 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 really draw our attention if you're going to say the same word three times in one sentence you were created i want i know that people want to talk about billions and billions of years and somehow there was this combustion in space and something fell together but i the law of entropy is in effect. If I don't mow my lawn, it don't look good. Come on. I was not this wonderful physical specimen when I was 18. Here is the concept. Things do not get better. Things get worse. You have to create. Come on. We, listen, when you go touch your yard, it gets better. When you go touch your home, come on, it gets better. When you go touch your family, it, it, life begins to. And when God out of, come on, from the dust of the ground, ground produced mankind, and he created something functional 
something that works, every person matters. Psalms 139, verse 14, David is talking. Look at this. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are the works, and my soul knows them very well. Come on, when is the last time that you praised God for you? Dang, God, why are you doing so good up there? You're crazy. <laughs> When's the last time you praised God and honored God for you? See, the enemy is always going to tell you what you're not, but you, I don't know about this. There are places where we can fix wrongs and we can correct things, but if you focus more on your deficit on your wrongs on the things that are broken inside of you then here's the deal that heaviness will never create a lot of life some of y'all need to get in the car today and go okay so like thank you for me some of y'all that's really hard because the way you deflect in life is you, you, you worry about everybody else. But you, but you wonder why, come on, listen, you're not full. You can't take care of everyone else if you don't begin to take care of your soul. You have to begin to go, okay, God, and not in a prideful arrogant. David wasn't being arrogant, but he was telling us, David, King David from the Old Testament begins to write this, and he says, thank you, God, for the care that went into conception. Thank you for the development of my life in the womb. Thank you for the uniqueness of the human body, and I understand that it was intelligently formed. Every person matters. Growing up, I didn't believe this. And maybe you're here today and you didn't believe it either. You know, I, I, I certainly didn't believe that I mattered or that I had good things to offer the world. I didn't understand the value in which I was born. Come on, I was the strong-willed, impulsive, driven, hyperactive child who was always told by everyone, take your medicine. Come on. I was one of the Ritland kids. For the first 10 years of my life, I thought everybody's favorite word was no and stop. Come on. Everyone I went to, everybody that I met, every adult, they had the same face. No and stop, no and stop. And here's, I want to give you an actual picture. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I was a lot. <laughs> my wife is like, you still a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, I was a lot. I'm not a lie. I was a lot. But I had to learn that there was value, come on somebody, in me. And in high school, I didn't, even in college, so the first couple years in college, I didn't like myself. I was under a lot of shame. I, I magnan, magnified my failures and minimized my contributions. And some of you, you see so far that you have to go that you are minimizing any contribution that you're making. And I want to just tell you, come on, married people, friendships, if you are not, if you're always maximizing 
failures, then you are ignoring contributions. And I believed that I was never enough. Most of my life, I felt like I was starting from a deficit. And that's because of my story. I, when I was a baby, I was adopted from a foster home. My parents got divorced. My mom was super stressed. She had three or four jobs. So I did a lot of raising of me and my sister. And my dad was distant. And so this worldview began to form in my mind. In the house, something wasn't always done where I was at. And, he, and here's what happened. I was having to navigate these mental insecurities on my own until someone saw me. Come on. Until I was seen. I had a youth pastor who wanted me around. Who wants you around? Do you have people in your life, come on, that want you around? His name was Lloyd Withrow, and he was the first person other than my family who made a deposit into my life, and that deposit was, Stephen, you matter. You matter. To everyone else, I was irritating. <laughs> but to him, I mattered. He saw me, he wanted me around, and he invited me to help. So let's talk. Because my assignment today is every person matters. The culture of our church is we are going to go out of our way to see people. We're not going to see what we, the negative, we're not going to, it's not that the negative's not there. But we're going to discipline ourselves to call out potential, not just amplify lack. Because spiritual life will not grow if we're always calling out the lack in someone else's life. Jesus called out potential. That's what we're going to do from every sermon, from every moment, in every life group, in every next gen, in every women's ministry. Listen, come on, listen. You get one woman together, she by herself, she's lonely. You get two women together, they can be best friends. Three, oh dang. But we're going to have ladies that actually like other ladies. Come on. Well, I have, a, I have a really trauma with women. Well, you are a woman, I know. I don't like any other women. Can I go to the men's group? <laughs> You're laughing because some of you thought it. <laughs> like for some reason, they laugh, they play cards, they hang out, and then they leave, and they forget everything that was said. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be that. We're going to see people. We're going to believe that everyone is on a journey and God is doing something in your life and it is okay that you're not there yet and we're going to encourage you when you slip but we're going to hold you accountable and we're going to say, hey, listen, there's more in you and we're going to talk to your potential. Come on, you, that, that's what we do. We see people. Yeah. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. 
I'm going to spend some time here. I'm not going to be able to get through it all because of all that we've done today. So come back uh, next week because it'll be better. All right, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So we ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. Come on, how many of y'all just got the song in your head? To see what he could see. <laughs> For he was about to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, came down, received him joyfully. Okay, some of you leaders need to hear that. Received him joyfully. We can't be getting people on our team and doing life groups and thinking everybody's an issue. When people sign up to your life group, you're like, I receive you joyfully. Come. Come on. You're getting too real in here. Y'all like, uh-uh. And when they saw it, the crowd, they grumbled. <laughs> what an awkward response. <laughs> he has gone to be the guest of the man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, half of my goods I'll give back to the poor. And if I've defrauded anybody of anything, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to the house since, the son, since you are a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. How can Christians carry the culture of Christ if we don't see people because the goal of Jesus was to seek and to save? I'm not, I don't want to create a country club. And I'm going to be 100%. Like I'm always toying with like, the church is the one organization. We were always going to be here for discipleship and training and care. But it is the one organization that the goal is to get out and bring people who are lost in. And I just want you to know that if you're picking our church because you want to be comfortable, that's not really my goal. That's not really my heart. I want to see you walk through thresholds of scary. I want to see you open a door and walk through. I want to see you have the acquisition of knowledge and take that and produce your faith and build courage and take a step that you wouldn't have done last year. I want to be able to see people and I want you to give people the same grace that you want. See, today I want to give you three quick thoughts from this passage that I, I think are going to help you see people. I'm going to give you two today and then one next week. Here's a thought that I hope our church can become. I think we're already there, but I want, I, I, I want, to, I want to have it and I want to demonstrate it even when we're not here. Like when we're in a life group, when we're away from here. Come on, like, like this is the culture. Let's be brave enough to notice the person that the crowd is refusing to see. 
Like, come on, let's be brave enough to notice the person the crowd is refusing to see. Can I give you a, a small amount of context here? No one liked tax collectors. Some of you are like, we don't either. <laughs> Culturally, they were despised because they would use the backing of the Roman government to collect taxes from their kinfolk. The city they were in, Jericho, was a port city. Means that there was a lot of trading, there was a lot of goods. And goods were being distributed and Rome was there to get taxes from every transaction. Zach was a sellout. Okay? He was from Abraham. He was a chosen Israelite. Come on. And he knew the culture. He was a kid that grew up and knew where people made money. He signed a contract with Rome and said, I can get you this amount. Then he would raise it, skim some off the top. And so he was despised. Why did they view him as a sinner? Because you are a chosen You're, you're, you're an Israelite. You're, you're in the chosen tribe of God, and you were selling out and building another kingdom. That's how they viewed that. Here's the thing. Jesus knew about the drama. In fact, he used it as an example of love when he taught the Sermon of the Mount. Look at this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 46. He says this, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the tax collectors do that. In other words, if you love people who loved you, that doesn't mean that you walk in love. It means that you like the exchange. Come on, does that make sense? You can be in a lot of friendships because of how you want to feel. Not because how you want them to feel. A lot of times we avoid courageous conversations not because we love the person. We say that, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, 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 you're not caring about their feelings. You're caring about your feelings. You don't want to be rejected. That's why you're not saying anything. That's why you let it go until you blow up and get mad. Because... Come on. See, Jesus knew. Like, I'm not talking about transactional love. I'm talking about where you have felt loved and accepted and you can give that in spite of what is given to you in return. Here's the thing. They didn't want to make room for Zacchaeus. He was the enemy. I, we don't want to make room for you. I mean, have anybody ever gone to a parade and you try to get close to what's happening? Zach finds no opening. He can't break through. After all, he's aligned himself with the enemy. They would have rather given him an elbow than a hand. Oh, my, my bad. It's crowded. They didn't, nobody wanted to help him get to Jesus? Sure, Zacchaeus did some of this to himself. He made some choices. But nevertheless, here's Zacchaeus, alone, devalued, disgraced, and ashamed. 
This is worse than Republican and Democrats. This is worse than the high school rival. Come on, anybody ever have a big high school rival? Oh my God, we hate them. Do you know any of them? Like two. So you hate all of them because of those two? Yes. Yes, I do. I hate all of them. All right. Makes a lot of sense to me. Some people feel the same way about Ford and Chevy. People got acronyms for both. I never, I, my, I never in my life drive a Chevy. I can't believe you drive a... That's hard to do. <laughs> oh, Ford. It's so funny how we pick lines. The disciples, I would think that they would have been tempted in this moment to prefer the crowd over the one. I mean, many of them didn't really know who Jesus was, and I would think that they would be like, oh my God, do you feel the energy in the room, like the momentum? Like you see this crowd? Oh, this movement is about to, Rome better watch out, but we're finna take, woo! And then Jesus begins to walk over and talk to Zach. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's not the one. Oh, maybe he want, I, okay, maybe this is strategic. Maybe he wants to talk to him because we need it funded. Okay, I see what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> Could we ever be in a place, listen, where we would discount someone because of what the crowd wants? Listen, listen, the, 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 the crowd, here, here, I, I guess here's a, just a deeper thought. I want to grow as a church, but I don't care about the crowd. I hope that as we grow, there is an infrastructure big enough to have a conversation, to sit down at tables, and we are actually building this idea where, where <laughs> you know, People grow when they sit at tables. That doesn't mean that this is a huge part of what God is doing, so I'm not devaluing Sunday morning. But the people you can get a large pizza with, sit around the table, have a conversation, that's pretty important. We need you to be in a group. Jesus did not Take the culture's lead, and he did not think, I'm going to ruin the momentum we have if I talk to Zacchaeus. Listen, everyone wanted Jesus to see the crowd, and Jesus sees Zacchaeus. Every person matters. Come on. The crowd isn't going to, to, to open up an opportunity for Zacchaeus, and I just want to be the church that a Zacchaeus can walk in. Come on. Does anybody want to have a life group that Zacchaeus can walk in? Come on. Are we going to be a place of people who are making steps towards God? Or are we going to acknowledge that and say, I know you're not there yet, and yeah, you have a past, but I just believe Zacchaeus is walking in. Come on. Here's my second thought. We got to see people who are stepping out on a limb. 
There are people in our church that are stepping out on a limb. They haven't been to church in five years, and they decided to come in. They heard a song on the radio. They heard a country song, Dear God. And they were like, oh, my God, okay, I'm coming back. Well, I don't know what. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay. Here's what I want to make sure that we understand, the context of what's happening. Jewish men were extremely dignified. They never ran. And they did not show their legs. The culture was steep in honor. I mean, think about it. How many men do you know climb trees? I mean, I think I hang out with some 47-year-olds. And we're not like, dude, what do you want to do? Spades, basketball. It's a cool tree. (laughs) It's not that we can't climb a tree. We just don't. Like, like, what do you want for Christmas? A tree to climb. Here's the point. The point is it was out of the ordinary for him to do that. And here's the deal. That's why we got to see people. Because if we will see the out of the ordinary, then we will begin to identify that God is beginning to work. And I don't ever want to come in. And the goal of church is to find our seat. The goal of church is not to find your seat. That was one of the main things of us changing chairs. I thought, dang it, people are going to sleep. Because the last chairs we had, they were slick. You know what I'm saying? You fall asleep too much, you slide right out of that bad boy. And that plastic will get you. And now you kind of have that sink sensation. I'm like, dang it, we're losing them. We're losing them. Zacchaeus was climbing a tree. He was stepping out. And and here's what I want you to know is I believe that there are people here that are in a climb a tree, step out of my normal. I believe God has something for me. I just want to get another glimpse of his glory. I I just want to take it beyond what I've known. But Zacchaeus had excuses. People didn't want him there. And I would hate to have a church where someone walks in, and I know Northwest Arkansas, there is a chance that you will come to church and an old pastor shows up. There is a chance that you will come to church and an old spouse. We've had it in seven years. We've had a divorced person come, and they hadn't talked for years, and all of a sudden in the same service, ah! And what is our response? Know the Father, accept forgiveness, live free, fuel purpose. If they get their life right, you're going to be in heaven with them. You're, you're like, yeah, but it's going to be super populated. <laughs> this church doesn't really have a lot of people yet. I, uh, probably when we get a couple billion souls up in here, it's going to be a whole lot better. See my boss, dude fired me on Friday and now I'm sitting three rows next to him. He lifts his hand, I want to take his wallet. (laughs) Is that wrong? Come on, let. We as Christians cannot be governed by how we feel or the hurt that we've experienced. It doesn't mean that we don't identify the hurt. We take that to the Lord. We get prayer. We talk. We do. Come on. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen, but I can't be a church for people that don't, 
we, 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 I, don't, I don't have a past. What are you talking about? I just want you to know that God doesn't take your advice on who should be in heaven. I know you're going to agree with that one. I'm not taking your advice on who needs to be in this church. Come on, hear me. And so if you, you, if you don't know me, I am very fun and I am very friendly, but I am the dad of this house. And some people will like that and some people will leave and it's okay, bye. And that doesn't mean that we're perfect because we're not. But my heart is to create chairs that people sit at tables because God creates wonderful banqueting tables for people. And it is his job to feed us, but it's our job to create chairs. Let's create chairs. Let's bring people in. Come on, does that make sense? The crowd was large. We're talking about the excuses. The crowd was large. Come on, some of you, you'd already been tapped out. You'd be like, one, two, three, four, five. It's oh. a lot of people. Someone's going to touch me. I know it. Probably not going to find a parking space for my donkey. I don't know if I can deal with all that. There's no map. Do we know Jesus' route? So we're just supposed to follow him? What? That's so Old Testament. He's going Torah on us. It's weird. There's always going to be an opposition to your pursuit of God. There's always going to be something you don't like. There's always going to be something you don't like. And I'm just asking you, can you climb the tree and get to Jesus and have your whole life changed? Or are you going to be frustrated that you come to church and you freeze to death every time you come? Stop it. This, come on, this church would be really awesome if you could keep it about 72. But God cannot move. Come on, listen, 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 listen. You probably get more salvations. You turn up the heat, people feel hell. <laughs> come on, hear what I'm saying. He was vertically challenged. The Bible said he was small. He was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. <laughs> I get it. You can't belong here because you have a past. You can't belong here because you know what? You've done some bad things. I get it. You've, you can't belong here because, and I get it. And I, there are only a few places in all of the gospel where the, someone's physical stature is described. Why? Because number one, God really doesn't care about that. God doesn't want us hung up on details. That's why it's the fruit of the tree, and we don't know what fruit it is. Because if we knew what fruit it is, we would never buy apples. But when God gives this description, he's trying to let us into an insight that there are going to be hurdles to your pursuit of the Lord. And you're going to have to, like, come on, listen, your, your devotion. To the Lord, your desire for the Lord has got to overcome your preconceived issues that would hold you back from knowing him. 
His desire to see Jesus was bigger than any excuse he could come up with. That's why I'm so grateful that you're here because I don't know what you faced. I don't know if you faced abuse, rejection, racism, addiction, failure. I don't know what you faced. And you don't know what I faced. But like Zacchaeus, I am hoping that in this room is some devotion and determination. That you keep climbing. Come on, keep climbing. Keep climbing. What, what, where do we need to climb now? You know what? I need to get my family right. Okay, keep climbing. You know what? I need my purity needs to, to grow a little bit. Okay, keep climbing. You know what? I need to watch the words that are coming out of my mouth. Okay, keep climbing. You know what? There's some toxic things, habits, and cycles that I have. Okay, keep climbing. Come on, look at someone and say, keep climbing. His climbing revealed his faith. His concerns didn't confine his opportunity to see Jesus. I'm not saying that your concerns are not real and that your concerns are not valid. I just need you to not talk yourself out of a moment with Jesus because they're so prevalent. Come on, are we good? Are we good? Jesus sees him and meets him, listen, at the place of his curiosity. Can we talk a little bit? There are gonna be people that come in and we got one service and they're coming because they're curious. I met a man the other day that said, yeah, I came to a service in May. We came one time. We've kind of been going around and we really just believe that we've landed and they've been coming for the last couple of weeks. And I don't have the pressure. Look, I just want you to know, there is no pressure. I want to deliver a good word. I want God to be honored. I want there to be a spiritual encounter in your life. And, and that, that's what I'm hoping. So I'm not living to impress who's going to like it and who's not. But if we as a team begin to see people walking in, come on. Could you begin to, who's the single mom that's sitting by themselves that as they leave, we're not pressuring, we're seeing. Who's the single dad that just went through a divorce and we don't even know what's going on and we're just, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. Come on, like, like. We believe that God can ha has a bunch of revelation and we believe it's going to download as you're here. Come on. But, but, but the kindness of Jesus brought about a conversation that changed this man's life. Come on, does that make sense? Our response to people in a place of curiosity is stay for a minute. You're welcome here. See, because here's what I want you to know is we don't know what is pondering in people's minds at night. You have no idea the questions that they are thinking about at night. And when they walk in, we just see a face. But come on, our church is going to be people who see people. And we believe that there's a, a curiosity, a moment. Someone's climbing a tree because you could have been anywhere else. Come on, you could have been at home. You could have slept in. You could have been at the lake. But you're here. You're here. 
At the place of curiosity, Jesus shows up and makes the moment personal. I wish I had all day to bring this home, but Jesus could have stopped anywhere, but he stopped at the place of Zacchaeus' commitment. And, and I, I just want to talk for a second. Jesus is going to meet you at your commitment. And he's got new things to tell you. And he's got new things to show you. He's got new freedoms for you to walk in. But I need you to climb a tree. Come on. I, I need you to make a step. I need you to say, okay, here's where I'm going. I need you to be curious enough to go, what is on the other side of this problem? Jesus knows his name. Jesus knows his name. Right in this moment, you see the divinity of Jesus. Nobody shot him his name. Jesus was all God, all man. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. Come on. Like some of you that hit you in the fields when we read that. Like Jesus coming to my house today. Like he didn't ask to come over. He said, I'm coming over. Some of y'all, if Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today, you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, that's not what the Google Calendar says. Can we reschedule? It's really a bad time. This dude had no chance to clean. Come on. He had no, no chance to get the toilet seat right. And listen, Jesus wants to come to your house, your heart, today and he doesn't need you to doctor it up and fix it up and have fake moments he just he just needs you to say okay come and on the other side of that come on will be some supernatural freedom that you've never known but you have to say okay come come and the fact that Jesus knew his name meant I'm interested in a personal relationship with you. I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in a relationship. And some of you have come because of tradition, but I believe that God wants to move you into a relationship with the Father. Next week, don't miss, because I want to end and wrap this thing up. But today I believe that there is someone who needs to know that you are wanted, you matter, and Jesus cares. And listen, so does the church. We want to be brave enough to believe that people can change. We want to be brave enough not to cower to the grumblings of those who refuse to see God and what he's doing. We want to be brave enough to let Jesus minister to our hearts. Come on, you guys stand up with me. Come on, stand up with me. Stand up with me. There are two questions I have for you, and then I'm going to get out of your way. Here's the first one. How likely am I to break out of ordinary and take another step with Jesus? Here's my second question. Where have I put walls, put up walls because of hurt that is causing me to limit the ministry God has given me? And so all over this place, come on, will y'all sing this real quick? Come on. Come on, come on, we're just going to sing this right where you're at. Two minutes, come on. Do whatever you want to. Someone's going to climb a tree. Someone's going to climb a tree. 
someone's saying, okay, it's my season. It's my moment. Come on, come on, come on. To do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. I will make room. And I will make room. Come on, crowd. We make room for people. People aren't the problem. It's the enemy. The, the Bible tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities, powers, and darkness. Come on. I believe there's some men today that you're gonna start climbing again. I believe there's some ladies today that you're gonna start climbing again. I believe there's some young people today that the passion of God is just being moved in you and all of a sudden you're gonna start climbing again. And I don't know where you were that didn't make room for what God had in you, but we wanna be a church that makes room for you. Listen, I'm not gonna be controlled by you but we're gonna make room for you. Because here's the thing, is your gift and your, the, way you, the way you minister is vital to this church. And I believe that every member can be a minister. Some may never preach from this pulpit, but there are a million places in ministry for you to thrive. And I want you to believe, listen, Yes, we have steps. Yes, we ask people to go through framework and go through, we want you to go through freedom and we want you to go through leadership. Why? Because when you begin to lead people, it gets heavy. And I need you to know that you don't fix people. God fixes people. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.